Trenches Podcast. I am Doug, and over here is Tug. How you doing, sir? Doing good, man. How are you? I am not feeling that well, honestly. Uh, well, that's... But I did take a that's, nap, that's and it helps a little bit. And we're here to talk football, so I'm okay. <laughs> so, while we're here talking football, I know you're on this quest to go see as many college football games as you can this season. So mm-hmm. I got to ask, have you heard of an app called Memento? No. All right. So apparently it's a scrapbook of like a social media type scrapbook of all of the games you go to. So you keep track of it and things like that. It seems pretty cool. You might need to look into that. Um, alternatively, I can just, you know, use the tools on Google Photos and like put together my own scrapbook of things i don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) i'll have to i'll have to i don't know if it's yeah there it is memento live sports scrapbook it is on google play so you're good this is not a paid sponsorship by the way i wish it were if they want to if they they want to we're, we're on board i'm telling you uh bug was in here a minute ago and then he left and so he may or may not be joining us at some point in the show uh but he's not here right now which means we're gonna power on without him and tug is having internet issues again not his fault it's the third party location where he's currently situated look the air force is good but its commercial internet is absolute trash these are facts uh it wouldn't help if they privatized, like <clears throat> if the Air Force did their own internet, though. Uh, it would not help at all. No, that would be worse. This it, yeah. It's commercial internet, so it's better, but it's cheap, so it's not good. <laughs> Either way, we're going to power through and do the best that we can with what we have. Uh, but unfortunately, that does mean doing the best with what we have does mean we're going to start off with a, uh, a little moment of silence here because it's the second week in a row we've had a shooting affect us here at BDT. Um, obviously we're the, the least important part of this story, but I just, that's crazy. We've seen it at Morgan state and now right off off of campus at Northwestern state, uh, Ronnie Caldwell junior safety was killed this morning. And uh, they have canceled their game against Nichols State. It was going to be a rivalry game this weekend. Uh, understandable, of course. They will evaluate the situation going forward if they cancel any other games. Um, but, yeah, I want to start with a moment of silence for Ronnie Caldwell. That being said, we have some ranked versus ranked matchups, rivalry matchups, and others to get into this episode. Oh, man, I'm congested, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> man, there's only, like I said, there's only one way to it. Let's let's get through it. So we have the rules of our pick We do pick every one of those ranked matchups, every one of those rivalry games. 
We also pick additional games each week. All three of us do. Uh, and we get bonus points if we're good at picking games, which which I've you are to get good at. I've started to get pretty good at. You're I'm you're pretty decent. good. I'm decent. You're, you're you're good for an overtime game every every week. <laughs> yeah, about, it <laughs> feels that way. You're you're good for a one score game at least one, and I'm good for an overtime game. Yep. <clears throat> and then Bug has yet to receive a single bonus point. Not a negative one either, though. Nope, none he, of us have negatives. He got close Let's last see. week. He got close to a negative too. <laughs> but oh god, we are dead even now. There is no way to split this record. I mean, other than you know, other than other than sticks. the fact that I'm ahead of you. Yeah. Other than the fact I'm ahead of you, we're dead even. Okay. Yeah. In in my sure. defense, in my defense, for some reason, I always think the plus three is included, but I know it's not. Right. Takes me a minute to process that. Right. Uh, ben made me do it this way. For his sanity, so <laughs> or else I would have included him. But we yeah, need... he's. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say we need to get back to our two thirds. You and I are just shy of it, which is usually about what we're picking on these games. So we're pretty good. We're not great, but we're pretty good. I I consider two thirds of of these games actually really solid. Uh, we need to get back to that. Uh, you and I are just shy of it by, it looks like, about three games, not including the bonus points. Especially when we're picking games as neck and neck as some of these are this weekend. Dude, how oh do you feel? Goodness. You you and I are about to break the century mark on the season. I feel like we have more to do. Well, let's, let's keep go. it moving. Dude, this is the halfway point. Let's go for the, the two-century mark. Let's do it. I would very much enjoy that this year. Uh, even 150 games picked so far this season too. That's wild to me. Yeah, we didn't plan that at all. Nope. Uh, but we have like 23 this week, I think. So, oh, well, let's get after it. Yeah, man, let's get after it. <laughs> Starting off with ranked versus ranked matchups here. Uh, to start off the weekend, we have a little rivalry in the ranked versus ranked here. The nickel trophy battle. North Dakota State taking on North Dakota at North Dakota this year. The Fighting Hawks are hosting the Bison, uh, but we are all picking the Bison. <laughs> Look, for, for me, this is simple. Both teams have looked good this year, uh, and I understand it's at home at North Dakota, but North Dakota State is still a better team. They're a more well-rounded team. Yeah, their passing attack's not really solidified, but they don't really need it. Great team here. It's going to be a great matchup, but I have North Dakota State pulling this one out. Yeah, I was very tempted to take the Hawks, but it's North Dakota State. They're still so fighting that's, Sue. That's this is like uh this is like any ranked SEC game against Georgia. It's like, you know, at some point it is still Georgia. At some point it yeah. is still Alabama. I'm biased towards them because they've won everything for the last decade and a half. At some point, it's just I'm picking the bison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Next up, Youngstown State got back into the top 25 after pulling down Southern Illinois last Oof. week, pulling down their pants and spanking them a little bit. That's what exactly what happened. <laughs> no, no, that's that's not exactly what happened. They pulled down their <laughs> pants and they spanked them a lot. It was not a little bit. Fair. <laughs> 
Youngstown State is at number 10, South Dakota, who gave North Dakota State that one loss on the season. So we're all picking the Coyotes here. Yeah. The, again, the Youngstown State's a good team. The MVC, MVFC is really good top to bottom. The Coyotes are just a better team. Uh, and their rivalry game against South Dakota State is going to be a fun one to watch this year, too. Uh, as is North Dakota State, the what's it, the Dakota marker, will be a fun game, North Dakota State at South Dakota State. I These guys all have a chance at the playoffs. That's weird. All of these teams we just talked about, these first four from the same conference have a chance at the playoffs. But I'm still going to go with the home team in this one. I'm still going to go with the better all-around team. I agree they're an all-around better team, but if this were at Youngstown State, I probably would have gone with the Penguins. And and that's fair. Especially yeah, it worked out for me last time. So. I was gonna say, especially with what they did at home last week. Holy shit. <laughs> Man, next up, Oregon at Washington, the border war, as some like to call it. Not everybody, some don't even give it a name, but I've found that some people call it the border war, and I thought it was cool. Uh <laughs> no, I'm in. This Just is a wild northwest. Wild top 10 matchup oh, here. Oh, geez. Top 10 matchup at Washington. I don't even remember the last time that's happened. Uh, at least been 2016 when Washington was that good. So, <laughs> been a minute. And two of the Heisman front runners, two of the top three in Heisman odds at quarterback here in Penix and Bo Nix. Uh, two X names. Very fun. Can I just say uh, I call Bo Nix back at Auburn? You he wasn't, did. He wasn't good there. <laughs> but he was really fun as a true freshman, and you fully bought in, and nobody else did until he was a junior and at Oregon. Everybody's like, holy shit, maybe he is decent. So I, I was on that wild. train first. I am the conductor. It's a wild pull. <laughs> <laughs> but you're picking against Bo Nix this yeah, week. Yeah, look, I believe in Bo Nix. I like Bo Nix, but here's the reality. Uh, they might be two of the top three Heisman front runners here, but Michael Penix Jr. is the definitive front runner for the Heisman right now. It's not even close, in my opinion. And it's at home at Washington. Man, g- give me the Huskies in this one. I love both of these offenses. I am more overwhelmed with the talent of the Washington defense compared to the Oregon defense. Though I do believe Oregon's defense plays better as a unit overall. It is very close, though. If I'm going talent on talent, I give a slight edge to Washington. Probably. Yep. But, man, this is close. Every bit of thinking I've done on this has been like, well, I could kind of go either way. At that point, I just side with the home team. It is... Yep. It's not a perfect metric, but it's kind of my my fallback if I can't make a decision. So that's why I'm picking Washington in this one. I really have no idea how this game's going to turn out, and I'm very excited to see it on, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so no, Bucks is... taking Oregon here, I appreciate, because uh, if if we skunked ourselves on this one, I'd be ashamed. <laughs> that would be a picture of Bo Nix next week. We Bo Nixed ourselves. I mean, that kind of works. Grammatically, almost it, feels it like. does. It does. <laughs> Move on before I I figure that one out. 
Next up, another rivalry game to start off the evening slate of ranked versus ranked games. Number 10, USC at number 21, Notre Dame. And uh, I oof. love the name of this rivalry, the jeweled shalele. And you can never say it properly. <laughs> There's only one way to say it. It's the way I just did. Uh, unless you have more of an Irish accent than I do, then that is the proper way to say it. Oh, um, the jeweled shalele. Yeah, there you go. Um, here's look. Here's the deal with uh, the Trojans and the Lucky Leprechauns over here. Um, USC has a stellar offense. Do not get me wrong; it is mm-hmm. unmatched, uh, almost in in college football. Unless but Lincoln Riley, probably. Lincoln <laughs> Riley has this aversion to defense. He doesn't believe in it. Uh, he believes he can outscore every team. I don't know that they can outscore Notre Dame. I'm expecting a higher scoring game. I'm expecting Notre Dame to keep pace. And with that USC defense, I'm going pure on defensive strength here. I'm going to give this to Notre Dame. There are a lot of people out there who've been saying that Notre Dame's offense has looked very poor in recent weeks. I would beg you to consider... Ohio State has a top five defense in the country right now. Uh, Duke has a top 25 defense in the country right now. And they put up 45 points against NC State team, who has a better ranked defense than USC. Uh, I don't believe the offense is going to be the problem here. Uh, yeah, they turned the ball over against Louisville. That's what Louisville has been doing this season is getting those turnovers. That's what USC's defense did last season is what made them so successful until they couldn't figure out how to create turnovers against Utah. So they're kind of in that same boat this year of they're relying on turnovers. Sam Hartman doesn't throw that many interceptions. Louisville was an anomaly because of how great Louisville has been at disguising coverages and getting to the ball. Yeah, USC can't do that. No, see, so here's the thing. <laughs> USC lives and dies by the turnovers for their defense. The issue is they're not getting turnovers this year, and that's not just right. against Utah. Right. They they maybe popped, what, one? I think they got against Colorado. They almost blew that game. They I don't think they got any last week. They almost blew the game against Arizona. Like, right. No, this, this is a legit team. This is legit USC's first test of the season. This isn't going to go well for them. I it's the first not test a, of the season, and somehow they've already been getting C's. So yeah. <laughs> that's why they've been dropping in the rankings, even though they're undefeated, six and zero. Notre Dame is coming in with a five and two record, and is favored in this game. Bug picking USC, though. I do think that is there is a case to be made that if they're going to figure it out, this would be the week to do so. Yeah. And you might be able to chalk up the Arizona game to looking ahead to Notre Dame. That's not an effective strategy. If you're trying to actually yep. make it to the playoff to look past teams, uh, but it happens. It happens. Yep. Yep. Uh, next off, next, next off, next up. Whatever I'm saying, number well, twenty-five. All we know Miami. is there's not going to be a knee in this game. Well, if somebody does knee, it's going to be North Carolina, who is number twelve and undefeated. 
which is why I'm picking the Tar Heels. <laughs> they know how to kneel the ball. <laughs> they they do. Uh, this, in all reality, should be a much higher ranked matchup. Uh, the Hurricanes kind of screwed themselves. Uh, Mario Cristobal specifically. kind of. They did. Yeah, forgot how to knee. Uh, or just refuses to. It's like the coach that refuses to punt. He, um, he literally refuses to. This has happened multiple times to him now. I mean, two <laughs> is multiple. Yes, I guess. <laughs> but there, he has never taken a knee at any game with Miami. He is also winless against ACC opponents at home at Miami. Mario Cristobal is not really working out for the Hurricanes so no, far. And, and what you just said is kind of what I'm looking for the correction here. I know it's a ranked opponent. It The talent matches up. This is still at, well, this is on the road. So it's even better in, in their favor. Um, they have True. more of a chance now. Um, I like the fit here. I like the matchup. I'm going to take the Hurricanes. Uh, honestly, I believe in them, but also this might be an anti-skunk pick. Up against who some consider to be the most talented quarterback in this upcoming draft, even with Caleb Williams on the board, uh, Drake May at home, I'm taking the Tar Heels. I would agree if we hadn't spent the past like five weeks talking about how Drake May doesn't. Oh, wait, nope, nope, nope. That's Devin Leary. Ignore me. I'm yep. mixing up my quarterbacks. We're good. Yep, yep. You're thinking of two different North Carolina guys, and Devin Leary's yep. not even in North Carolina anymore. Nope. So. We're good. <laughs> We're good. As well as goal. I, I fixed it. I caught it. We're good. I'm not changing my pick. Let's move on. Number 18, UCLA at number 15, Oregon State is up next. This is oh, scary God. to me. God damn it. Are we going to chip ourselves oh. again? I think we're going to get chipped <laughs> now that we've all picked Oregon State here. But Oregon State is at home. Their one loss this season is on the road to a good Washington State team who UCLA turned around and beat. So who knows? Uh, this, Both of these teams are effective at running the football. This is a better stylistic matchup for the Beavers than it was for the Cougars uh, last week. So I it's kind of a big part of why I'm willing to take the Beavers even after what Chip did to me. <laughs> Look, here's my thing with this is, I again, I see these teams as even. It scares me that we're all picking the Beavers here, but frankly, it's at home for the Beavers, which is becoming a tougher place to play as this team starts to look better. This is the second year in a row now they're piecing it together. I expect that stadium to be rocking, especially for a ranked matchup. Give me the Beavers. I just hope we get another instance of Jonathan Smith's milk the clock hand signal. Oh, God. <laughs> that was incredible, and he needs to do it more often. That's, that's what I say. God damn. Next up is another ranked versus ranked rivalry this week. Number 16, Montana at number three. Idaho in the big sky for the little brown stein. This is very different than the little brown jug that we talked about last week. This is little brown stein over yeah, yeah. in Idaho this year. You pour beer out of the little brown jug into the little brown stein. That's how this goes. That's why last week was the jug. This week's the yeah. stein. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm just explaining it for everybody else. <laughs> 
This game starts at 10.30 Eastern time. It is on ESPN2, one of the first FCS games to be on network TV this season, outside of Week 0 swack matchups. Um, yeah, this is this is a very fun matchup for a lot of reasons, but it feels like we're together on this one. It should be the Idaho Vandals kind of handily. As, as you're wearing the hat. I saw it earlier. I was going to make a comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the unfortunate part is this is like the best hat I can find of Idaho. And they have some cool logos, especially historically. And I want one of those. But I can't find many great hats of them. So uh, I, I got the I got the regular, regular old Idaho hat. It's fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> so look this is a this is a, a safe pick for me now let me explain it it's not that i think idaho has this in the bag it's not gonna be a good matchup this is gonna be a fantastic matchup but i have picked idaho a bunch this year and they have not let me down once so i'm going to continue picking idaho until they let me down also it's at home for the vandals another big plus montana's looked up and down they finally looked better last week uh, but this is not a continuation of that this week. They're going to look decent, but it's Idaho's too much. I pretty well agree with that. I would also like to add that I don't believe in the Grizzlies this year, which did let me down last week, but I'm sticking to my guns. The Grizzlies don't look as good as they have in the past, and it's going to bite them, especially against the top two teams in the big sky, Idaho and Montana State later in the season, which is another great rivalry to look forward to. <laughs> Just say, if only those were rivalry. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. What a what a brutal time to be a Grizzlies fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we have other rivalries that aren't necessarily ranked versus ranked games here. Time to talk about some of those. Starting us off with number one, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Yes, this is a rivalry. Look it up if you don't believe me. Also, <laughs> right, we're not going to spend time on this one. It's Georgia. It is Georgia. It is Georgia. It was Georgia. It was always going to be Georgia. <laughs> Here's my fun fact of the day, though, and this is what I'm actually rooting for in this game. It has been over five years since Vanderbilt has scored a touchdown against the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to see that happen. And I'm pulling for my boy, Will Shepard, to get deep on one of these Georgia corners. That's all I want to see. It happens one time. It's 65 to 7. It's okay. Just <laughs> get in the end zone, Commodores. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> one time. That I'll take that prop bet. Georgia's played things pretty close, except for the Kentucky game. They've played everything close. For at least a half. So maybe yeah. this is the year. We'll see. Uh, next up, the military classic of the South, VMI at the Citadel, uh, which we are split on here. Want to want to share your thoughts here? Yeah, I don't trust any of these teams. Um, right. Both have looked. <laughs> both have looked meh. All season, uh, the Citadel might be a might be better than than their own six record, but I think in this matchup, VMI stumbles into a win uh, on the road at the Citadel. 
man, I really don't have much. These are two not good teams. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, so it's it's uh, what what do we say for the Bears and the Broncos? It's a cripple fight. That's kind of what's going on here. Well, at least in that they had a they had a battle to see who got the number one overall pick of the draft. This is uh, to see who is the cellar dweller in the Southern Conference. Uh, Bug is also picking VMI here, which I understand. VMI has looked like the better team this season. If either of these teams were, if you were to call either of them having a pulse, uh, it would be VMI. The Citadel looks exactly as bad as 0-6 sounds. They haven't played against anybody. So here's why I'm picking the Citadel in this game. It is a rivalry game that they always show up for. It didn't look like they should have had any reason to win it last year, and they did. Uh, it's just, this is the military classic of the yeah. South. I'm picking the Citadel. It's at the Citadel. And actually, the past four games of this, uh, for my past five, it's been back and forth of the Citadel wins two, VMI wins two, the Citadel wins two. Uh, this this should be the second of the two for Citadel before it goes back to VMI, is my thinking okay. here. <laughs> okay. So, so we're taking... I can get on. I can get on with the superstition. I'm here for it. <laughs> we're taking the Citadel on this one. That's, that's my whole plan. <laughs> can... <laughs> Do we need to remind the Citadel, like we tend to remind uh, every other team this year, that there are, in fact, two halves of football? Do we need to remind the Citadel that there is 11 games in the season, not not just one? Uh, last year, they figured out there were at least two. I think, I think we should get them on the right trajectory. St- 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 there's still 11. <laughs> Whether they knew there was two, which is more than one, it is still less than 11. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Next up is Iowa at Wisconsin. Both teams have one loss so far on the season. And... I don't think there could be more disparate approaches to having the record that they have so far. Iowa has done this purely on the back of their defense because their offense refuses to refuses to cooperate as expected. Wisconsin, on the other hand, I can't wait for the sickos committee update next week, especially that we have an Iowa game in here. The Wisconsin Badgers this season are really trying to pull off a, semi-traditional rebuild of sorts with a couple of transfer options injected on the offensive side of the ball, I guess. I don't know what else to call them. Uh, They lost to Washington State at Washington State. Don't blame them for that this year. Washington State looks really good. But how does Wisconsin actually stack up to the Big Ten West? This is our first opportunity to see that on the field. And I'm actually going with the Badgers in this one. It is at home for the Badgers. That shouldn't be such a surprise. But Iowa's defense has been so dang good. That's, that's the thing for me. That is that right has there. been for the last three years. So I understand why you're taking Iowa. Yeah, I, I just think Iowa's defense is too much for Wisconsin to overcome. Let's also call this what it is. This is basically the battle for the Big Ten West representative in the Big Ten championship game. Um, yeah. which is traditionally what this matchup entails. <laughs> um, 
It definitely used to be, and then like a couple of teams tried to sneak their way in that conversation. Like, but look, they're Northwestern all gets one every like ten years. They're not there. They got one back to back and then fell off a cliff. Yeah. Okay. So they got another <laughs> at least like twenty. Like it's an average of one per ten years, man. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Now, Bugs picking the Badgers here as well. This somewhat comes down to a faith in Luke Fickle for me, honestly. Just seeing what he did in Cincinnati I, and seeing I what have, he's been able to do so far this season has been really nice. I'm I'm trying to give some some faith and credit here over and above what I'm willing to give faith and credit to Brian Ferentz. Oh, That's again, I am not including Brian Ferentz in my calculation <laughs> at all. This is going to be what you love about Big Ten football. This is going to be a, a bump in uglies all the way down the field for both teams. Like, <laughs> big on big, chest on chest. They're going to get there some way. And the, the bump in uglies is not what most people think. It's literally fat guys bumping bellies against each other. I love it when the Big Ten West bumps uglies. <laughs> Dude, so, I'm telling you. This is so majestic. The way... <laughs> The way these teams are playing this year, this is a classic Big Ten West matchup. And it's old school football at its finest. It's going to be fantastic, and you will enjoy it. And if you don't, yes. stop watching football. <laughs> and they are competing for the Heartland Trophy, which just feels right. Look, who they can grilled, build the better corn? Who has the better white-tailed deer? And who they, can get Bug into the stream faster, Wisconsin or Iowa? That's what's on the table here. Welcome to the stream, Bug. Look, I'm telling you. <laughs> Them Iowans grow them linemen different. I don't think the Ferentz meter is moving too much this week. I don't. I agree with you. We might I be. This, this is going to be a seventeen-ten game. This might even be thirteen-ten. Two touchdowns. Iowa's 10, defense 10 going yeah. into overtime. Yeah, and it takes four <laughs> overtimes for one of them. It's a two-point conversion. Twelve. We might be looking at a a zero-zero tie going into OT. Realistically, I think that's a possibility. I would love I think, that so much. I think that's more of a possibility than Iowa scoring 25. <laughs> At the same time, I also think it is very possible we end up with like 24-14 and Wisconsin figures out a way to score 24 on this defense. It's, it's where I'm at. It, it's possible. At. We'll see. Uh, taking off next to... Bug, did you catch all the comments about the Big Ten West bumping uglies? Yeah, I was here for all that. All right, cool. I, I was here for all that. Heading oh, out west now. Unfortunately. Uh, not not the Big Ten West, the actual Mountain West. On the Mountain West Network, UNLV at Nevada for the Fremont Cannon. Uh, yeah, we're all taking UNLV. Yeah. It sucks fucking ass. It, it was UNLV. It is UNLV. It was always going to be UNLV. Just like I said for Georgia, Nevada is bad. Crazy though, seeing what Barry Odom has been able to do at UNLV so far this year. A serious turnaround compared to where they have been. I mean, Marcus Arroyo, we even said at the time it seemed like maybe a bit too early. The rebuild was on track, but I didn't expect him to be four and one looking at five and one here. Yeah. Like UNLV has a realistic path to the Mountain West Championship game this season. There are like four or five teams in that conversation at the moment, but UNLV is one of them for me. So this is, uh, I'm expecting that, UNLV to win. Hold on, hold on. 
There's five teams in that conversation right now. Sure. UNLV plays three of them. Uh, one of them at home. They get Fresno State on the road. Thankfully, they play Wyoming at home, and then they get Air Force on the road. So That's I a brutal back half of that be... schedule. There's going to be some awesome games. I'm looking forward to they, that. They are, but that's a brutal back half of that schedule. And Bucks picking UNLV too. All right. <laughs> yep. I, y'all have said everything. I don't. <laughs> that's fine. There's nothing to add. I will. I will say though, it's I'm happy for Barry Odom because he never worked out really at Mizzou. And to be able to come into UNLV and, like you said, do like all the things that he's done last year, this would have been almost the exact opposite records for these two teams. And this year, nobody would have really seen this coming that UNLV would be this good this quick. Nevada being this bad, I guess that kind of makes sense, but I don't think anybody saw UNLV being this good. Yeah. I don't know about last year, two years ago, definitely. Last year, I would have been surprised both ways. Either way, whatever. Speaking of uh, Missouri Tigers there, we got some other SEC Tigers going at it this weekend. Auburn at LSU in the Tiger Bowl. Very exciting. Uh, Bug and I are both going with LSU. What are you thinking here, Tug? I'm thinking that I still don't trust Brian Kelly. He just came off a good week, and this is about a 50-50 matchup. Brian Kelly, also like Mario Cristobal, is bad at home. Uh, And Auburn actually hasn't looked that bad. I don't know. I'm here. I'm I'm taking the Tigers. It's fun. Not looking that bad and looking on the level offensively of LSU are two different things to me this season. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Defensively, yeah, Auburn might score 40 points. Uh but LSU's going to put up 50 or 60. So, so Yeah, but here's the here here's where I see this. I don't see that actually. I would probably take the under in this game because Auburn's going to play a very clock controlled type of game. They're not going to beat you with the big flashy play. So all it's really going to take for Auburn, we almost saw it against Georgia, is burn the clock, run the ball, get a touchdown every once in a while. And as long as you can make a stop or two on LSU and keep pace, that can actually make a big difference. It certainly can make a difference. I'm still taking this LSU offense. I'm not trying to convince you to change your mind. I mean, sounds like yeah. Tug's Tug's the only one that changes his mind on the show. That's fine. I'm okay with this. It worked out for me. I I was right. Yeah, you. But you're still chicken shit for doing it. That's fair. The the official stance. (laughs) Even though I changed it for you in the slides, whatever. Fuck you. (laughs) You could have animated it too, where kick that kick that one out, brought the other one in. That would have been perfect. Next up is the first leg of the tobacco road that we have seen so far this season. NC State is heading to number 17, Duke, on the ACC network. And I'm su- kind of surprised it's this late in the year to see start seeing the tobacco road. I know we're only halfway through the season, but it feels like these teams try to play each other fairly early some years. Uh, but middle of October... We're getting NC State at Duke. Riley Leonard should play, I believe. I'm not playing that game though at this point. I kind of I'm I'm over tracking quarterback injuries and deciding my games off that. I'm going with Duke simply because overall <clears throat> the Blue Devils appear to be the more talented team with or without Riley Leonard. 
it's just Duke feels like the better team to me right now. As much as I love Peyton Wilson, the linebacker for NC State, that's what I do is I fall in love with linebackers all the time. So I'm not falling for it. <laughs> I'm going with the Blue Devils. <laughs> I, Dude, I, I like the Blue Devils here too. I think they're a better team all around. Uh, that Riley Leonard injury does scare me, but I don't think Duke will be set back that far from it uh, because they also have a decent enough running game. They've been able to move the ball there too. Uh, so I, I'm going to take Duke at home uh, in this one. Yeah, so I went through and I was looking at schedules and how these guys have played so far this season. Obviously, Duke has had the better year. They on, Their only loss is to Notre Dame so far. Oh, I was right on the ACC already. Perfect. NC State, though, they've played one extra game and they lost that game. Their two losses being to Louisville, who's looked amazing and Duke has yet to play so far this year. And, of course, Notre Dame. Let's go. Jealous. Jealous. Uh, And, of course, they both share that loss to Notre Dame. Now, NC State lost by a lot more to Notre Dame. That was at the beginning of the season, second game of the year. Notre Dame had two games under their belt already, and NC State was going up against a team that was very, very hot. Notre Dame seems to have hit a bit of a cold streak here, and they were on the tail end of – playing really good football when they played Duke. They only got out of there with a seven-point victory. That is really playing a lot into why I think NC State's going to win. The physicality of this team has been a hallmark of their style of play for the past five, six, seven years. And I don't know that Duke's going to be ready for another game like that uh, after uh, the road that they've had to get here, especially with the banged-up quarterback. So I will side with you on the physicality of NC State worries me, especially looking at Duke's schedule coming up because next week is Florida State and the week after is Louisville. Like two – three of their four hardest games of the that, year. And that was, that was the other thing I was looking at. I was like, of course, they don't – the only game that they have played is Notre Dame. Right. Uh, but NC State has not looked good in the games that they have won. Outside of that VMI game, which like does that, that even count? Is looking yeah. good. They won by a touchdown last second against Marshall last week. Really, Marshall could have very easily won that game. They won by a field goal against Virginia in a game Virginia dominated until they forgot to play the fourth quarter. We talked about that last week, right? Uh, they won by ten against UConn, but UConn's fell off a cliff so hard this year you couldn't. I couldn't have yeah. scripted it to fall off a cliff any harder. Uh, The Louisville game is interesting, is 13-10 to loss. But the way those defenses stack up against each other, that kind of makes sense to me. Duke's offense is better than Louisville's. That's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) I I feel like Duke has the edge here, even though I do understand the hesitation. Uh, Just overall talent level i'm going with the with the blue blue devils yep i get it i'm sticking with duke and we know doug is so good job tug i'm proud of you for sticking to your guns for once first time in a long time (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding it's okay (laughs) he's only changed his pick once but we're never gonna let him forget it exactly on to our games of the weekend 
of course, Bugs going to start us off here. What do you got for us, man? How could I pick any other game this weekend than the Memphis versus Tulane game? Now, I'm sorry if you're listening to this live that is taking place tonight. And if you're trying to catch some uh, some pregame action, some pregame coverage on Saturday, this game's already happened. And hopefully, Memphis will have beaten Tulane. This game takes place at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Friday night, as we've already mentioned. Going into this, Tulane and Memphis are both 4-1. and one. Tulane has shown a lot more cracks in the armor at this point in the season than they had last year, where they were well on their way to looking unbeatable. Now their one loss is to Ole Miss, a game that they were very much in it, just like Memphis' one loss is to Mizzou, a game they were very much in. Both of these teams had opportunities to win. Memphis, though, played Missouri a lot closer than Tulane played Ole Miss throughout the entire game. Plus, they're playing at home. I know it's uh, fall break down in Memphis. There's high school football going on, but I do think the home field advantage is going to come into this a little bit and give the Tigers the edge and put them at the top of the American Athletic Conference going into the Battle of the Bones next week. Yeah. Go ahead, Tug. What are you thinking? Look, I'm I'm in a large agreement with with, uh, with Bug here. I do like the way Memphis has looked specifically the last few weeks. I looked at least based on the recovery. Uh, their game against Navy was a wake-up call, and they made a lot of corrections from that. Uh, Tulane has looked decent, um, but nothing spectacular. Uh, and I think this is a revenge game for Memphis this year, too. So I think there's going to be a little bit of emotion there for him. Uh, coming into this, trying to s- settle their places top in the American. I get all that. I just, I had a feeling, I, I guess. God damn it. I guess. I, I don't know what else to call it. I just, I had to pick Tulane in this one. I hate I think, when you go, I had a feeling. It's always right. It's been right <laughs> it's been once. Right once. It was, bro, you can you say uh, once. I've had you say it a bunch to me before, and every time, like not on the show. I personally, I've had you say this to me many I know. times. It, it works in <laughs> private, but on live stream, captured in 4K, it's only happened one time. So I can only claim. Is one. this? Wait, is this really in 4K? That's impressive. I got one, one, one of ours is. It's, not, it's definitely not. But anyway. <laughs> I think another thing you got to look at is the way Blake Watson's running the ball, the connection between uh, Seth Hennigan and Demir Blankemsee really coming together. The, I mean, the fact that he's now got a he's a, got a number one wide receiver he's confident in, a running game that's solid. Then you add in guys like Rock Taylor, Joseph Skates, Toski Dove. I, they, there's a lot to like about this Memphis offense. The defense is the defense. That's unfortunately just the – the spot that they're in, this seems to be the case with Memphis's defenses every couple of years anyway. If it turns into a shootout, I like Memphis's chances. Toss it up to Toski. Love that. Uh, I also love Michael Pratt, and I have since, I don't know, two years ago when I thought Tulane was way underrated as a 2-10 and ten team, and then they came out of nowhere yeah. and looked phenomenal last year. Yeah, I mean uh, – and the defense is playing just as well as they did at the end of last year right now. 
In our defense, we did not pick them to win the American last year, but we knew they were the best two and ten team in the country the year before. Right. We right. weren't that surprised that they did that well. I mean, we can say that. I was I was pretty surprised when they ended up beating USC. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, a hundred percent. Look, shit. winning winning the conference, <laughs> like not being surprised they won the conference. I think it's fair for us to say everybody and their brother was surprised that they beat USC. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was like, "Oh yeah, they're beating USC for sure." Uh, so I, I, in some ways, I feel like I'm siding with the dynasty, going with the Green Wave here, <laughs> even though they only had one good year. Actually, anyway, what's next, Bug? Next up, we're going to some FCS action. We've got Hampton and Monmouth. These are two, this is a three and two and two and three teams. So what's interesting about this game? Again, uh, kind of like how I went and looked through the schedule and scores and tried to break down a little bit of the uh, NC State, not UNC, the NC State-Duke rivalry, that matchup going on. It's kind of the same thing here. Both these teams are just on the cusp. I, if I remember correctly, Hampton's losses are two FBS schools anyway. Uh, and Monmouth, They've been in all. They've been in their their loss to FCS opponents, if I remember correctly. It's been it's been a couple days, and it's going to take me a minute to pull any of this stuff back up. But at the same time, these two teams, it's a tale of who wants to try and save any hope of the playoffs for their team this season. Monmouth, we talked about early in the season, they were going to be one of those super fringe teams. And Hampton has had a decent year so far, kind of out of nowhere. I'm interested to see what this matchup is going to completely be like and really what they're going to be able to do uh, in this game here. The Hampton's losses, I was wrong. They were to Campbell and Norfolk State, uh, both of those being one-possession games. You go over to Mon- You go over to Monmouth. And their losses, also Campbell, FAU, and Lafayette. Now, they went and turned around and beat Lafayette's rival the following week, 49-7 to in Lehigh. These two, But again, these two teams, if they want any shot of making the playoffs, this is where they have to start turning their season around and get hot and get hot quick. So, of course, so, I'm going with Hampton. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I remember picking the Hampton Norfolk State game and being like, Hampton's so much better than them. Why are we? Why would anybody take Norfolk State? And then you did, Bug, and you were right. So fuck you. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has surprised me about the Hampton Pirates so far this season is the play of their quarterback Christopher Zealous, who has been very efficient and effective with his opportunities. I don't know if that's actually enough to string together a successful CAA season. We've already seen them lose to Campbell. And now we're getting towards the meat of that schedule. Monmouth, Delaware is coming up. Uh, William and Mary's at the back end of the schedule. Elon, like this is, this is a tough conference to play in. Monmouth, on the other hand, kind of started against the, the tough end of the schedule. And now is heading into after Hampton is Elon and then William and Mary. So this is like the 
they've kind of mid-loaded their schedule instead. A, a weird, weird situation. What has impressed me about Monmouth's offense is exactly what I expected would impress me. Jaden Sheridan, who made our FCS All-American squad. Uh, that is that's just a that's a terrifying weapon. I don't want to like take away from the fact they are two and three. Like that that understandably scares some folks about Monmouth this year. One of their losses doesn't really count, right? FAU, you're not really going to count right. that. What the the Campbell loss is looking to be fine, actually. Campbell's beating some teams that it feels like they shouldn't have beaten early in the year. Uh, they're they seem to be okay, and then Lafayette is inches away from being ranked right now. Honestly, the way they've played so far this season is. I haven't seen Lafayette play this well in forever. So I'm not too scared of the record. And I'm not too scared of the loss to Campbell for either of these teams. I'm picking right. my favorite player is where I'm going with this game. I'm going with Monmouth and Jaden Sheridan. That's fair. I This is carries significantly less weight, uh, at least in my opinion, but – I just have a gut on Hampton in this one, so I'm a, I'm gonna I'm take Hampton. It's weird that you trust my gut more than your own gut. I sometimes. dude, I it's weird. <laughs> Next up, Next up, we have another uh, game with teams with two wins: UAB two and four at UTSA two and three. This game is going to be 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. And before I go any further, Hampton at Monmouth. 1 p.m. Eastern on Flow Football if you want to ch- catch that game for anybody that's not watching this. Back to UAB UTSA. Now, <clears throat> I I hesitated for about five seconds about taking this one because I am taking two American Athletic Conference games. However, these two teams were dominating in the Conference USA last year. So you're probably thinking, oh, well, maybe the Americans just that much more difficult for them. That's not the case, though. They haven't really even played anybody in the American Athletic Conference yet. UAB's road getting here started with a win against NC A&T, North Carolina A&T, so an FCS school. Then they lose to Georgia Southern by seven, or by eight, rather. Sorry. No, seven. (laughs) Math is hard. Math. They, I completely fucked it up. They lost by 14. <laughs> <laughs> they lose by 20 to Louisiana, and then they lose to you to Georgia. What? They lose to Georgia by 28. It's been a long day. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they lose to Tulane 23 to 35. They've played their second conference game. They won against South Florida. So they're one and one in the conference. That's not what's been beating them up. Check out UTSA. Been a long day. They could have yep. easily won their first game of the year against Houston. Should have. They sh- yeah, they should have. Struggle you say that, against Houston's State. Houston's beaten West West Virginia right now as we're live. West That's Virginia always disappoints me. 
West Virginia is like four and one right now and about to be four and two. Let's go Cougars. It's disappointing. <laughs> uh, they lost, lose to Army, lose to Tennessee, and then again get back on track against a very bad Temple team. So they're actually undefeated in the conference at this point in the year. I say all this because, again, these two were front runners in the Conference USA last year, and I was actually really excited for both these teams to join the American. Battle of the Bones aside, I thought these were going to be two great additions to the conference, and it's really not looking that way right now. However, going into the conference schedule, this is a huge game for both of these teams to have any shot of making a conference championship run. I'm going with UTSA, though, because I think UIB is probably focused a little bit more on the team that they play next week and trying to get that beautiful Racker Ribs back into Birmingham. I don't think they, they're they good enough to look past UTSA to Memphis. Um, that being said, I there's, there's just turnover issues. I, I haven't really paid close enough attention, but there was have been turnover issues for UTSA all year. That's my main concern here. I'm picking the fun pick, uh, which is going to be the Blazers for me. I'm picking the more fun pick, which is the Roadrunners and Frank Harris. A dragon beats a Roadrunner. Uh, not on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. Or on Saturday mornings, according to Warner Brothers. No, that's a coyote. Go, not a dragon. It's same shit. Different. No, no. <laughs> no. Those are very different. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so with the with the with the score against Georgia Southern, I kept trying to read it as thirty nine to forty five instead of thirty five to forty nine, and my brain broke, and uh, that's where uh, the math went. Yes, the yeah, that's where the math went horribly wrong. Yeah, it doesn't work when you flip numbers around. Yes, no. That's why I was like, "Wait a minute! Nothing about this is right." The dyslexia gets us all the time. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. not a good time. Oh man! All right, next up is my games of the weekend. Here, I have two FCS games on tap to start us off. Starting with Gardner Webb at Austin P, two p.m. on ESPN Plus. Uh, both teams here have had a pretty interesting road to get to where they are. Austin P honestly looked their best game of the season so far was the first half against Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> and Gardner Webb, Gardner Webb likes to do this now where they just load up the schedule and make it as difficult as possible for themselves. So in kind of a, a similar fashion to the Monmouth-Hampton game, I'm picking my favorite player in this one and running back Nary Gaither. I kind of expect this to be a phenomenal game, though, just because it feels like they're very evenly matched here. Look, you, you're picking your favorite player. I, I think I'm not the only one with this, but I'm picking my favorite chant. Uh, let's go pee. I'm also going with Austin P because the team excites me pretty much every time I see them play. Even in losses over the past couple of years, they've looked very, very good. And I'm going to give them a little bit of an edge at home. Except against see, SIU. They did not look good in that game. That's okay. They look good losing to me. <laughs> so I, I like 
the fight that Gardner Webb has shown me, the, at least last year, right? They didn't seem like their record was good enough to make the playoffs until you realize that the three of their losses were to FBS schools, and then they come in and win a some win a first round game. Like Gardner Webb is uh, is a tough tough team, and they they leave it all on the field every year. And their mascot is not the Bulldogs, for the record. It is the running Bulldogs, which is amazing. Because <laughs> they don't bulldogs run. Bulldogs don't run. <laughs> At least not very long. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, moving along here. Technically a ranked game, uh, according to some folks. Uh, though in the FCS, stats perform top 25. Mercer is not in the top 25. Only Chattanooga made it. At number 25, at the Mercer Bears this weekend. I was shocked when I saw this. All three of us are picking Mercer in this game. Uh, I, I, What are you all thinking with this? Mercer started the season a little bit slower, but they've looked a lot better over the past few weeks. Uh, I remember covering them extensively with you guys over the offseason. I like Mercer. It's at home. I'm going to take Mercer. I have not gotten to see Chattanooga play, and that's that's a foul on my part. But I have seen Mercer play, and the fact that they've been able to start winning games and winning them better basically tells me that they've gotten things together. They're playing more complete than when I saw them earlier in the season. And again, I'm going to give them a little bit of an edge at home. They're right on the outside of getting into that top 25. A win over Chattanooga should put them in the top 25. You, you good? You just die on us? <laughs> yeah, I got I got something in my throat right as I started, like right in the middle of that. So, all right, fair, fair enough. I thought you were going to stop talking and let our audio listeners just feel really confused and worried for you. <laughs> <laughs> Help! <laughs> Help me! Wasabi. Uh, I really like Chattanooga's offense. Chase Artipus, Aleem Ford have been pretty impressive so far this season. Mercer has been a little bit more well-rounded in most of their games. It kind of comes down to common opponents for me when I was picking this game. Uh, Chattanooga lost to North Alabama, and Mercer beat them the very next weekend. Like It does feel like there's very little real separation here, and the fact we're all picking the Bears – Again, is surprising. Maybe, maybe though, maybe I just stick with my philosophy as of late and just stick with picking my favorite player, which is probably receiver Ty James. Love that guy. Very fun to watch for Mercer. I don't know if that's valid because I could ask you, like, you could make that work either way, depending on what team you want to pick. And you'd come up with a favorite player on either team. I mean, I do have favorite players on almost every team. So, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Under, understand where you're coming from. But in this matchup, my favorite player out of both teams is receiver Ty James. Let's just clear the air. I know it's a receiver, not a running back. It's hard to believe. <laughs> anyway, moving on here to the Sun Belt Marshall at Georgia State this weekend, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. This was one of two Sunbelt games I was torn between picking. I ended up going with Marshall, Georgia State. 
in part because of the running back battle here, Rasheen Ali and Marcus Carroll both have looked phenomenal and should be in contention to at least lead the conference in rushing yards at the end of the year. And Marshall, their only loss is a seven-point game to NC State that looked like they could have had a very realistic chance of winning at the end down the stretch. Georgia State, on the other hand, has been extremely impressive. I didn't expect them to be at a 4-1 and one at this point in the season. Uh, only loss was last week to Troy, which I kind of believe in the Trojans still, so I don't blame them too much for that. We'll see how this game goes, though. This feels like a really uh, – feels very much like a an early season test for who might have a shot at the Sunbelt Conference. Um, there are a couple of those this weekend, though. And <laughs> we're going we're gonna to learn some things very quickly about the fun belt this week. We so are, I'm, we are. I'm starting off with this one, though. And I'm picking Marshall here mostly because they're my known quantity out of this. Georgia State's the upstart, and I, I didn't expect them to be here. Uh, but, man, Darren Granger and Marcus Carroll have been fun. Very fun to watch. Like you just said, exactly what I was looking for. Georgia State is the fun team right now. They're the upstart. They're 4-1. They're at home. I like the way they're playing. I like the hype around them. I'm going to take Georgia State here. Yeah, I can't take the home team for every single game. <clears throat> and, much like you said, Doug, Georgia State is the upstart. This is the first time they've ever received top 25 votes this pre this past week. And I I love it. I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. But again, I'm going to go and go with the known commodity of Marshall, especially when you start looking into how things kind of went for Marshall last year after they beat Notre Dame. That is kind of the same situation we're finding Georgia State in here, and I'm very concerned that they're not going to be able to live up to that, that expectation, that hype uh, going into this game. Rouse Mouse, we love you too. And uh, – no, oh, fuck it. Roll Tide. I'm not going to say the other one just to piss you off. <laughs> I mean, I think you're good with Roll Tide. <laughs> it, it counts for something. Moving on, Tug, what do you got for us this weekend? All right. This one, this is, I'm, I was struggling to pick an FCS game and I was looking at this and you got the fun team in Albany who's been shocking everyone. You've got UNH who came out hot and has been put on quite literally ice. It's not wintertime out there in New Hampshire yet, but you're getting close and they're already already cooling off hard. Uh, so I'm almost looking to see how New Hampshire can recover from this, uh, from, from this start. That being said, I'm not expecting too much. I'm taking the dogs here. I'm taking Albany and the Great Danes. And I think you guys are too. I do think this might be an open shut one, but it could be a good game. No, it feels like it has potential to be phenomenal. Every game in the CAA middle tier feels like it's just great this season. Uh, and Albany does feel like a mid-tier CAA team to me, even though they're 4-0 and in countable games in the FCS. So if they can keep that up, they're going to be in the playoffs. Their only two losses on the season are to Fresno State and Hawaii. Uh, and the Hawaii game was so much fun, dude. <laughs> Worth staying up for one of those games that starts at midnight. Anyway. Right. <laughs> If you're looking to watch this game, you guys can catch it on Flow Football at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Bug, do you got anything to add or just rolling with the great dance? 
Yeah, they've really surprised us, I think, this year. I believe they when they started this winning streak, they were a game to watch, and we all kind of just like, oh, they're Albany's just they're not here this year, and we could not have been more wrong. That that was week one. I remember yeah. that because we all went <laughs> against them and then we got dogged. Yep. Yep. Uh, literally. We got, we got great Dane. <laughs> oh, you you missed it earlier. We're all picking uh Washington, so we might get Bo Nixed this week. Yeah. We're we're not done. We're not done with what potentially could happen. <laughs> go, go on. Oh, I know, I know. Uh yeah, so my next game, uh you did you did derail my thoughts now, and I want to say I hate you guys, but we'll cover that in a minute. Um, <laughs> my next game, this is always a fun game to watch. Uh, actually, these next two, I'm a little surprised uh, they're not in the rivalry matchup. Uh, they definitely have. Well, this is the this, Steve Spurrier Bowl, if we want yeah, to call it something. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Florida traveling to South Carolina. It's the Gators taking on the Cox here, 330 Eastern on the SEC network. Look, both of these teams have kind of been hot and cold all year. I've said that before. Uh, this is a tough one uh, to look at. Uh, but when I'm looking at this matchup, I really do like Florida for no specific reason. Florida's just the team I, I like in this matchup. I like the way they match up, and I still don't trust Spencer Rattler, uh, even if it is Cocktober. It's tough to look at. <laughs> but love to see it. That's <laughs> oh, I'm picking Florida as well, uh, simply because I, I, at this point, I'm sick of Spencer Rattler uh, <laughs> being a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's basically where I'm at. But also, it's the Cox. So of course, Ben, you're picking the Cox. <laughs> Go Cox. <laughs> Cocktober. Rouse Mouse knows what's up. Let's go, Cox. <laughs> I'm like, I get it, but also, I don't trust them so hard. I, I fucking love Spencer Rattler too. So, go, Cox. <laughs> All right, guys for the for the third matchup. This one, I'm actually really surprised. Not a rivalry. I think both schools see it that way, but nobody really talks about it, so it's not recognized as a rivalry. That is not I true. I think the Air Force Academy <laughs> class of 2016 sees it that way. Look, that's everybody, okay? That's all that matters. <laughs> that is not me it's or Doug, it. for that matter. Look, or Ralph Mouse, for that matter. So you talk about this game all the time, which made me like really triple, quadruple check to make sure this isn't considered a rivalry by either school. The only place I've ever seen called a rivalry, it's there the were like Gazette. four articles published in 2016 in that the called Gazette. a rivalry. <laughs> in... <laughs> that's it. Look, the... <laughs> These teams, they really do always play both games. Uh, <laughs> generally speaking, the home team has the advantage, but they're always close games. That's why I was surprised, actually, that Air Force is 11-point favorites in this matchup. Uh, there's no way I would be touching uh, that spread. I would actually be taking Wyoming with the points, but we pick out right here on the show. Uh, so outright, I am going to take Air Force with the win. Uh, yes, I know... You guys had said you were going to do this. You knew I was going to pick this game like three weeks ago. I hate all of you. Uh, as I am now about to get Calhouned. Uh, no, no, you're going to get Blue no. Falcon. You'd, you'd get Blue Falcon. <laughs> as your, your, your school's mascot because... Calhoun will blow Blue Falcon you. Yes, yeah, facts. Facts. There you go. Uh, no, I, I really might... do expect a, a good game. 
Uh, both teams are effectively, as far as I'm concerned, five and zero. I will grant Wyoming the one loss to number four Texas, uh, and not really hold that against them. Uh, and then this they look I, good in that game too. And yeah, they're not they number four in Texas anymore the, either. This is almost, so. this is a big game for Mountain West standings. Um, so we'll see. This will give a definitive. Uh, I know Mountain West doesn't do divisions anymore, but this gives a definitive line. Uh, looking at both of their schedules for the rest of the season, line to the Mountain West Championship for both these teams. I would, I would very much love to see Air Force lose because currently, currently, uh, everybody is thinking that they're going to be the ones that get that Group of Five spot in the New Year Six bowl games, and I would like my team to get it. So I need Air Force well, to get fair. a loss. So, and and I would love to see the Blue Falcons show up. So. So do I at this point. I, I'm I will, every time they come up simply in the hopes that we get the blue Falcon. <laughs> I I will say too that I do believe uh at least with one uh actually a couple top twenty-five teams losing this week, the winner of this game has a good chance to get ranked as they're both receiving votes and they're right on that cusp. Uh so I do think the winner of that game propels themselves into like the 24-25 spot. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, might need somebody to lose down there, but Oregon State UCLA might knock somebody out anyway. So, well, yeah, yeah. The team that would be nice to lose is also the team I picked to win in Miami. But you know, that would yes. vacate that spot real quick. Looking forward to that one. Can't wait for Miami to fumble uh, with two seconds left and lose somehow. Again. <laughs> All right, so that's our games that we've all picked here. Made some some great selections. Looking forward to this weekend. I'm recording all of these games. I'm going to watch all of them while I'm driving home from from Murray State Saturday because I'm watching SIU against Murray State on Saturday. Uh, two weeks in a row, I'll be watching the Southern Illinois Salukis. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's fine. I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, speaking of draft prospects, because Southern Illinois has a couple of those, uh, we're talking about a couple of great, interesting NFL draft prospects for this season. I always try to find a couple of late round potential guys who aren't getting enough love, especially seniors. If I can help it, uh, starting off here, I'm going with a running back for only the second time this season, but. I'm going with one that I've already talked about a little bit here. Marcus Carroll for Georgia State has really come on in his senior season. And for the first time in a long time, we're talking about a pure senior. Literally, this is his fourth season in college football. When's the last time that's happened in college football? Holy 20, shit. 2019. <laughs> I mean, he's actually, not wrong. Probably. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not wrong. <laughs> No, but he, he was uh, the third leading rusher on the team last season. They had a senior running back ahead of him who graduated 2,200 yards in his career, like 700 yards last year. So kind of splitting carries on the running back side of things. Also, the quarterback for Georgia State led the team in rushing yards. This year, it's all Marcus Carroll by a lot. Averaging over five yards a carry, almost breaking his attempts, uh, his career high in rushing attempts 
from last year already halfway through the year. They're really leaning on this guy, and he's delivering in a big way. Nine touchdowns on the ground already, and actually surprised me. He is currently leading the Sun Belt over Rasheen Ali in that great running back battle that we have on tap this weekend. So really excited for the progression of Marcus Carroll here. 5'10", 210 pounds, can really lower the shoulder and lay the boom if he feels like it. And I want to see that happen this weekend against the Thundering Herd. Maybe flip the script on the Thundering Herd a little bit. Maybe be a Thundering Herd of his own his own right. Uh, also appears to have cleaned up some of the fumble issues from last year. 127 carries and three fumbles last year. That's not a great hit rate. Uh, you gotta gotta hold on to the baby sister there. Yep. But only one fumble so far this season, and it appears he's been getting stronger with that. Uh, hopefully that continues. And I want to see him bulldoze some folks and find his way in the end zone this weekend. I got to say, too, you know, we saw this with uh, Roshan Johnson. He was actually, in a lot of regards, there were some people that if they had seen a little bit more from him, he might have been the bigger prospect than Bijan Robinson because Bijan had so much wear and tear from being the number one guy at Texas for so long. I think Marcus Carroll could potentially benefit from this greatly, having been behind a senior that had been there for four years already and now finally getting a full season to himself, if he's able to excel and start, especially this week, if he's able to really excel this year, that's going to rocket him up some boards as far as running backs go this upcoming draft. And on defense, another guy who was getting absolutely zero hype to begin the year, but has appeared on a couple of folks' radars after just a phenomenal start to the season. Lance Robinson, the corner for Tulane, transfer from Kansas State back during COVID, and now he's at Tulane for three whole seasons and leads the team, leads the American, leads the country in an I'm going to assume really – What's, what's that? We, we lost you. You said leads the American, leads the nation in, and then you just completely froze up. That's fantastic. Love to hear that. Uh, leads, leads in interceptions this season with three. That's what I figured. Yep. Interceptions for a corner anyway, uh, with three interceptions so far on the year. Found a way to track down the ball, and that's probably the best ability to have as a corner is finding the ball. Uh, so wasn't able to do that early in his career, especially at Kansas State. But now racking up some PBUs and some INTs, love to see it. Also been getting consistently better as a tackler, including a career-high two TFLs against USC in that Cotton Bowl last season and has really been coming on as of late. So absolutely no love for the guy. They're early in the year for the NFL draft and really been coming on lately. Uh, the There are a couple of sites that I really respect and try to keep on top of as far as draft prospects. Uh, nobody even had this guy inside the top 1,000 
NFL draft Ooh. prospects to start the year. Uh, if you didn't know, there are much fewer than 1,000 players who get their names called in the draft night. So, <laughs> about a quarter of that. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, if Lance Robinson can keep up this season worth of success, there appears to be something to work with here. And late bloomers happen. It's totally fine with me. If you catch on and you are a good player, the NFL will find you. And I expect that could happen here, assuming Robinson keeps getting better every week, which looks like that's been happening at Tulane. I guess he found the right situation, the right coaching. No, that I mean, it's huge to see him increase his interceptions, like actually get involved, getting the ball uh, this year uh, from one through the first five seasons to three this year is an absolutely fantastic jump. You love to see it. And that's what gets you noticed. That's what got me to notice him. So definitely agree with you there. (laughs) But that's all we have for the show today. Unless of course you have anything to add fellas, give the floor to you. I mean, I got, I got links in a minute. I got links in a minute. So I, I got to get ready mentally for that. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) What do you got for us, bug? (laughs) Yeah. You know, sorry. I was a little bit late today. Had some, some stuff going on at home. I needed to take care of. So I'm glad I was able to make it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of good football. Of course, I'm most excited for tomorrow for obvious reasons. Right. Uh, and it's October. Oktoberfest, spooky season. Did you know Did you know that every poop you take in October is a spooky dookie? Oh, my God. Also, I will read the links here. Uh, but I will not read the Discord. I do not care what pleasure Bug left you with on Monday. Uh, do not. That care. was the worst possible way to say that. Fuck. You. I know. I know. I, I pleasured people on Monday. It was very pleasurable. Yes. <laughs> but our links will, as always, be linked in the description below. But I will read them out for you. We have patreon.com slash PT football, x.com slash PT football, facebook.com slash PT football, instagram.com slash BT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the, in the trenches, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, and our Discord, as always, will be linked in the description below. Very nice. It counts. It's, it's a valid reading of the links. You gave it your best. That's all we can ask. I I do what I can, but no more, no less. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get out of here so we can watch the end of this West Virginia-Houston game because it looks phenomenal. It's coming down the wire as as we do, as it happens. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, that's all we have. So, you, you doing your thing, Tug? You gonna you gonna do it? Yeah, I will do my thing. Okay, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.